0: Welcome to episode 22 of 514 Beltway to Bytown podcast. My name is Jeff and with me is my longtime friend Todd. This podcast is recorded remotely with me being in D.C. and Todd in Canada's capital city of Ottawa. Remember, everything we say could be fact or fiction. Todd, who's our guest
1: tonight? Some guys pretend they're Beethoven or Mozart. Some guys try to make a riff sound like a fighter jet on an aircraft carrier. Me? I'm just a guitarist in a kick-ass rock and roll band. What what else could I ask for? Eddie Van Halen. Tonight, Jeff, we're talking to Pat Bolt, CEO of Greenhouse Marketing and Communications and a self-proclaimed guitar nerd, triathlete in training, and tireless (laughs) concert warrior. Patrick joins us from Toronto, Ontario, to lament about the passing of the great, late Eddie Van Halen and shares all of his experiences attending over 100 rock concerts over the past two decades. Pat, Thank you. Thank you very much
2: for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, it's great to be here.
1: Yeah, no, great to have you, man. And I know you're a big, uh, big Van Halen fan, but a big rock yeah. concert fan in general. So we're going to get into a bit of some of your adventures you've had at seen different groups over the years. But let's get cool. into it right away with Eddie Van Halen. We got the word last week at the age of 65, uh, legendary guitarist from Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen, passed. What was your initial reaction Oh man kind of
2: it's uh like any of the artists that have passed uh recently or in the recent years right like Prince or uh you know chris Cornell or like it's just since I love music so much it 's just devastating when you hear it and uh, my my thoughts uh, go out to the family to the van Halen family to to wolf gang and eddie 's wife and uh you know his whole group and uh uh, Eddie was loved, so he's completely irreplaceable, uh, not just as a musician, but as a nice guy. So, you know, what can I say? It's uh, it's uh, it's really kind of a sad time for music, that's for sure.
1: So you yeah. and I saw Van Halen together in 95, and I wasn't like, you know, I was, a you know, I admittedly, man, I was like a fifty-one fifty Van Halen <laughs> guy. Like, you know, like, yeah, I like David Lee Roth, but I, I probably didn't have as much as a musical appreciation for Alex and, and Eddie and everything they did. I was kind of more like jazzed about seeing Sammy Hagar. I remember you specifically were yeah. really excited about Eddie Van heelen as a self-proclaimed guitar. Director, what uh, then, you know closer?
2: what? It's, it's hard to explain, right? Uh, I think Eddie uh, really changed the way uh, that, you know, rock and heavy metal guitar was played, uh, you know, from, uh, he had just such a great in amazing, like speed blistering technique as well as, uh, you know, uh, the The two hand tapping, which he kind of you know
1: so explain that yeah. a little bit and pack that for people that don 't like so two hand learning. tapping
2: just makes you make your your solo sound even faster by uh you know what you what you do is sort of hammer on and pull offs off the neck, but at the same time with it your picking hand you would normally pick instead you tap the notes at the same time, so it makes like a very, very fast effect, and I mean he would do it seamlessly. And, and look like he's having fun while he's doing it. While this is a very hard, like for me anyways, this is like an impossible technique. It's, it's tough, you know. So it was just, uh, it, it was unbelievable to see him do it effortlessly in so many of the songs that he, he wrote.
1: You always hear the legendary story when he, you know, he got called yeah. up by Michael Jackson, like literally a week before they recorded Beat It. And he showed up in the studio and, like, you know, Quincy Jones is trying to walk him through all kinds of stuff. And, like, apparently oh. he doesn't even read music, right? Like, Eddie Van Halen. he's like, no, no, just play the play the track for me, man. I'll figure it out there. And he came up with, like, legendary guitar solo that's, like, you know, like 90 seconds or whatever, like, you know, like one of the best of all time. Right? So he, It's incredible. Sure. I, you know, uh,
2: he, was, he was a genius a way before, like, way, way ahead of his time. And I think, you know, in musicians, really, uh, you practice techniques so that you can be – you know, super fast and your fingers can go where they need to go. Uh, you know, theory, uh, so you can know where they should go on the neck. But Eddie was just a master at both of those things. But he also broke the rules, too, in terms of theory and stuff. And he just did what he felt sounded good and it sounded amazing to other people as well. So,
1: <laughs> Right on. Well, right Pat, on.
2: Clearly, we,
0: we all agree that Eddie's an all-time talent where do you rank him in the list of all time guitarists? and maybe give us your top five guitarists.
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. I mean, it's, it's pretty subjective, right? I mean, uh, you know, it, and it depends on a lot of things if you're looking at genres and that type of stuff. But for me personally, it's like Todd said, right? When, uh, he made such an enormous pre- impression on me and the way that I sort of fell in love with rock music that Eddie will always remain number one to me. Like, there's, there's no question. I mean, you can look at guitarists like uh, Jimmy Page, uh, you know, Brian May, Randy Rhodes, uh, even uh, George Harrison uh, from the Beatles, Angus Young, like, all those guys, uh, I thought, you know, they've, they've all played their part. But the one thing I feel like Eddie had more than other guitarists, Uh, and oh I forgot Jimi Hendrix also kind of an Mm -hmm, mm x-factor there are guitarists that can play like like you can play what Eddie plays you can you know what he wrote but nobody can quite play it like Eddie you know from his and the reason Mm -hmm. for this I think is partial to his technique and also his equipment you know he built this Frankenstein guitar if people don't know where You know, it's that red guitar that's like wrapped with white tape and everything. It has all these custom parts into it and everything. And he's the only one who really can play this thing, you know. So I would say, you know, he's number one. Uh, If I were to go for another, uh, you know, four, I'd say Hendrix and Page definitely are on the list uh, for me. Uh, And I know it's weird to say, but I like metal. Uh, I really like Prince, though. It's hard to make it. Five.
0: interesting
2: uh mm-hmm. randy rhodes or um angus young also uh
0: yeah but let, let yeah. me ask you about this one because i'm partial to david <clears throat> gilmore where does he fit in your world of
2: guitars you know <clears throat> and that's where it comes in subjective right i like Floyd. there's mm-hmm. no question about it but like uh it just depends upon how big an impact the band had on your life right like and the music so i like pink floyd's music but, like, I was kind of more into, like, Led Zeppelin uh, as being sort of the mm-hmm. lightest stuff that I, that I was into. And then it just kind of, <laughs> right, yeah, right. it just kind of got heavier from there. Like, my genres that yeah. were kind of more my favorite. And, oh, I forgot even to mention Kirk Hammett from Metallica, right? Like, mm-hmm. so that, mm-hmm. that was kind of – so where does, uh, you know, David Gilmour uh, fit? It's just, it's, I know he's incredible, right, too. I mean, his his music is, is phenomenal. Uh, but it's hard for me to place him uh, in the top five because maybe that's just not exactly like Floyd as it, Pink Floyd being like my number one type of uh, music that I like. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: You think time frame, Pat, like, you know, like when you were like 12, right? That's when, 11, 12. That's when Van Halen was coming into their powers, right? Like you think you yeah, had the 83 yeah. Us Festival, right? You know, prolific guitar solos in that with Eruption, and he really got me. He does the beat it video.
2: Yeah.
1: Eddie Van Halen's in that. They do they have 1984, hit album. David Lee Roth leaves, and you know, the Van Halen is like Eddie Van Halen's like, whatever. Like he was so prolific, yeah. he was almost bigger than the, the lead singer. Right? You have the back <laughs> to the future where Marty McFly pops in the uh yeah. the Eddie Van Halen tape or whatever, and there's like a you know, custom customized guitar solo to the scare is fictional dad and totally. don't believe yeah. a spaceman like can, where would would we say at that yeah. moment bigger than any and not a lead singer guitarist bigger than you any know guitarist we parent. thought
2: that like when when that happened right when david lee raw they were at like a crazy height in the bands you know you thought we thought like the band was topping out at this point right and, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I remember Steve yeah. Vai. They were trying to bring Steve Vai in and build him up like he was going to be the next guy and everything, right? With David Lee yeah. solo band or whatever. But uh, and,
2: and so yeah. we, people thought that this was a bad move, right? And, mm-hmm. that, uh, and Eddie proved them wrong. He was like, well, we can just get another singer. And he, they, they took Sammy and all of a sudden they cut a record, <clears throat> pardon me, which was fantastic. Like, I agree. Like, I love 1984 and I love Van Halen, self-titled, Diver Down, all of those stuff. But, I mean, 5150 was, like, one of the be- their best albums as well.
1: Yeah, yeah most commercially successful yeah, ones, yeah. for sure. And, and then they yeah. continued
2: with a, a number of them, right? Like, uh, For Unlawful, Carnal Knowledge, uh, Balance, uh, you know, all that, that. Like, it was all good, man. You know, I can't say that, you know, Van Halen yeah. really has been cutting any poor records over the years.
1: Hmm. Yeah, yeah, they always yeah. show up. They always showed up.
0: All right, Pat. Well, let's move to some live music. Todd tells me you're a huge music fan. You've been over to over 100 concerts. What are the qualities of a good concert? In Thank-
2: your yeah, you know, um, and, and you're also a concert goer right here. So, you know, I, I love live music. Uh, and uh, you know it it really there's two things I think in terms there's there's from the artist's perspective of what they do you know I think uh, an artist that kind of draws the crowd in uh, and makes them feel like there's a connection uh to the band uh, not only to the music but like to the band um, is amazing and and they can do that through you know talking to the audience and fist bumps and you know, uh, interacting with every, but making it feel like kind of like a backyard kegger as opposed to a party, right? <laughs> <As> mm-hmm. a, <laughs> yeah.
1: So, who's some of the more masterful showmen that do that well? Uh, mm-hmm. Right off that? the
2: top of my head, I'd say Dave Grohl. Like Dave yeah. Grohl, okay. I, and I'm pretty sure Jeff, you saw this concert too, uh, the um, uh, the broken leg concert. Sure. Yes, I saw it right? in New York. So. That one was outstanding. Like and he the guy is has a broken leg and he's Like <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> and it was, yeah. it was quite a concert Unbelievable. Concert. Played, Unbelievable. You know? Yeah. So yeah. I agree. And Royal Blood I mean, opened. Yeah. Uh, at least they opened in New York, who were fantastic as well. I
2: love yeah. Royal Blood. Like I know we're we'll probably gonna talk too, about buddy. like new bands and stuff and how you know the the, the crowds kind of getting away from, from rock or whatever, but Royal Blood totally stands out. Uh, they really kick ass. I love that band. Yeah, yeah. definitely.
1: Good stuff. Any? Uh, give me a couple from, more. Uh, give me one or two more.
2: Oh, Masked. Masterful Masterful Sorry. Uh, so I think uh, Prince uh, did, did like an amazing, yeah. amazing job. Both from I saw him in '93 uh, at the Forum, and he wow. we totally because Prince didn't want to come to Montreal for the Purple Rain tour so i missed that but i got him and uh I what the tour was but it was phenomenal he played old stuff he played new stuff and the new stuff that's how you know an artist is good the new stuff uh even though you don't know it it's such a party on the stage like him and the dancing and the 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 performance ship and the you know he's got the dancers going and everything and you just feel drawn into the show you know so uh
1: yeah, there's no pissers. There's no moment where you can slip take a brick, piss and go back, right? Like you're sitting there, you're, you're nailed it. down That's to the That's exactly show. it,
2: man. Uh, you know, James Hetfield is another guy, man. ACBC. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I, 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 this is Kiss. I know it sounds weird, but I mean, Kiss in terms of, you know, that classic metal stuff where there's pyrotechnics, uh, you know, Paul Stanley. Flies across the audience, like, you know, in the in the general admissions section, Gene Simmons, there's all the flames and the blood and everything like that. And yet they're still like they're still participating with the audience. Like, they're still talking to them and you still feel connected to them. So it's a very visceral experience. Wow.
1: Hey man, there's a reason why they've survived for so long yeah. without cutting a new album. Like you know, their last like <laughs> album anyone remembers was like "Lick It Up" or whatever. Like, you, and they're still getting they were still getting people out up That's until right. like, a couple of years ago, right? So they're there's totally something behind
0: it. All right, so, yeah. So we've been going to concerts for you know probably over 30 years, the yeah. three of us. One of my first concerts I went to in the 80s was Depeche Mode oh, yeah. with Todd. In your opinion, Pat, you know shows are more corporate than ever. What's the difference between a show now and a show you know back when we were young? And
2: in the 80s and early 90s. I mean, uh, just on a personal level, I have more money now.
0: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I
2: did back then. So I could kind of afford uh, to to pay for some of these uh, concerts. Uh, So, yes and no. Yes, I think, you know, it's a $30 billion industry, of course, right? And the artists are there to make money, that type of thing. But I really think. Then this is my opinion, man, that, you know, Napster really turned uh, the the industry on its head, right? Uh, you used to, and it starts with the how the artists got paid to begin with, right? Which was, you know, they used to make at least 10% on the albums that they sold, right? Now it's taken the industry probably about 20 years to figure out streaming. And each of these tracks, each artist is making maybe 0.001 cent every time it's streamed. So to make the same money off your track, you have to um, you have to have somebody who who listens to it that same person like a hundred times before you say make the same money. Yeah, and that's not even you don't and nobody listens to the B sides. So where... we don't
1: share. We cherry pick the songs like we this. want, right? Like back back in the day, if you wanted 1984, right. you had to buy the whole album. If 1984 gets released today, "Odd for Teacher," "Jump," and "I'll Wait" are the only tracks anyone's buying. Wow. Unless you're like yeah. a really hardcore fan, but you might, they might, you know, the other tracks may not even get the, the benefit of being listened to, right? People are just going to cherry pick the songs they want.
2: Exactly. And so then how does the artist get paid, right? So for, for, all, for all the songs, they used to get paid in full. Um, there'd never be a time like, you know, when I listened to Metallica, Master of Puppets, I remember sitting there in my cassette, uh, like my Sony Walkman or whatever, listening to that thing, Right. <laughs> And you, I listened to it literally from cover to cover, like, to the end, right? I was so <laughs> impressed with it. And plus, you know, you have cool stuff in the, in the cassette case that you pull out all the pictures. Yeah, the liners.
1: Right? Yeah. The experience, man. All this, yeah. the notes, the handwritten notes whatever. The exactly,
2: And so, so I think it starts there with the fact that, like, the artists now, m- m- uh, the bulk of their in- income is on touring, and the and um uh, merchandise so you obviously got to spend much more money like you know those that concert ticket that you're talking about probably costs about 25 bucks whereas today right. for depeche mode uh i would bet you know you can get from 100 120 so even time value of money they're charging about double for, from that mm-hmm. so it's a it's a more expensive game but it's all supply and demand too right so
1: Right on. So, question for you: You have two, you have two uh, yeah. adolescent boys. Do they listen? Do they listen that, to rock music at all?
2: That's or an interesting question. Yeah, uh, my son Mason. Oh my God, he loves, and it's it's really weird because I guess because I've been playing uh, all kinds of like over the years, I play punk stuff, and I play like Green Day um, and uh, Bloodhound Gang and um, uh, Blink One Eighty Two, that type of stuff man does he love that yeah. he plays that uh, like i hear it all the time in his room so and you have,
1: <laughs> that's good yeah. stuff
2: yeah. yeah yeah
1: timeless timeless. and you
2: have a son too does he that, that,
1: he's uh sadly oh enough, yeah man, he's b rap rap, like, <laughs> all the uh, hard like deeply like, yeah, guy doesn't nothing with a guitar or a drum like you know it's all uh electronic, all electronic yeah. but yeah. uh
0: yeah yeah, you can you can hear the disappointment in Pat's voice oh, wow. on that one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, Dad. Okay, you know, don't get me wrong. Though. And he's a and he's a francophone uh, white kid like living in, living in Gatineau, Quebec. But uh, anyway, hip hop spread. Oh swings, boy, man. It's yeah.
0: Eminem. All right, Pat. What are the five best concerts you've been to? You mentioned Foo Fighters. Yeah. What are the other four? Yeah.
2: Um. You know, number one for sure. Uh, is Metallica uh, that was a worldwide tour so you know I got uh, snake picked tic- uh, snake pit snake pit Ooh. tickets so uh, yeah. and I was the first in the pit uh, so I position myself right at this is the best place in my tips uh, for getting good positions in in concerts uh, this is one of them where you know you where there's the drop in the catwalk that's where you want to be because you can mm-hmm. rest your elbows there. And it's like, I got fist pumps from, like, all of the performers. From Kirk to uh, James, you know, uh, uh, R- Robert uh, wow, Trugio. Uh eventually did a lap wow. dance in my wife's lap. Like, it was, so it, I have a picture of him, and he's got his face, <laughs> and he's like, he's, like, right there. So, uh, you know, it was, wow. it was just, uh, what's his name? M. Shad- Shadows from... Uh, Avenged uh, Sevenfold, uh, lead singer. Yeah. He he stepped all over me and I had to hold him back so he wouldn't fall into the pit and he apologized profusely and everything. But I mean, like you can't buy an experience like that, right? Like, right. It, it was wicked. Um, other stuff that I loved was uh, Prince at the Forum. That's I already told you guys about that one. Um, yeah. U2, the Elevation Tour. Uh, so yeah. We stayed out all night essentially uh and uh, got rail for that one and so like <laughs> it was <laughs> it was like front row amazing, and uh, that was the one where bono i don't know if you remember uh, he's coming up out of the um out of the stage, and like the pedals are coming down and city of blinding lights is playing right at the beginning and uh man i just i thought that was so cool he was right there so <laughs> yeah yeah so that's um another yeah, temple solid York, i went to see in philly uh the opera house uh concert with metallica that was a thousand people i went to that one too wow wow that's uh yeah that needs
1: a bit it, setting, man, it blew, for a blew power the roof off
2: there. that place man it was insane so uh i was lucky to get out alive <laughs> like, <yeah.
1: laughs> that's yeah. a good list so what historical concerts did you obviously not go to that you wish you yeah. could have? Yeah. You mentioned yeah. Prince Purple. That, I'd what say, else? Uh, what else? you know, <laughs>
2: I was too young. Right. But like Led Zeppelin back in the day, like uh, I would have loved to seen them. And I was hoping, you know, they, they, even if they play like crap, like I know they're not. And I know like, according to Eddie Van Halen, Jimmy Page doesn't play well live. Right. Uh, and that may be the case, but the same time, like Led Zeppelin were my heroes, right? Like, so I definitely I wish I would have seen them. Uh the Us Festival, man, just because it has such a nostalgic uh vibe to me. I remember when my cousin came and, and showed it to me on VHS cassette, you know, in the 80s. And there's uh David Lee Roth in his uh chaps uh with a, like his bear <laughs> chaps or
1: whatever, and he's parading around, right? And it just looks so you know, badass, like. Uh, so I loosely remembered the metal day and I was talking to Jeff about it before you jumped on. And I actually looked up, I had no yeah. idea, man, this thing was a four day concert put on by Steve Wozniak, like the co-founder of Apple. But you look at like, there's no way yeah. a concert like this could happen today, man. Like you look, they had like the heavy metal day. So you have quiet riot, Modley crew, Ozzy Osbourne, Judas Priest, yeah. triumph, Scorpions, and Van Halen. Like you get the, you know, the rock day has two, pretenders, Stevie Nicks, David Bowie, like murderers row, man. Like, I, I just think the corporate egos and the, and the money would just be, you know, it'd be too hard to get all these guys together yeah. for something like that. It right? would be. Or Look what happened. Like, today. it's almost like
2: the end of an era, right? With the with grunge, Limp Bizkit, uh, uh, Woodstock, right? Where, yeah. Remember, burn, it burn it down. Burn yeah. like it yeah, down. Like, yeah. people were getting hurt there, man. Like, so, yeah. you're absolutely right. I think I think today, like that, and I think artists back there – were more like artists slash outlaw you know so today if we take those same yeah. guys and put them in man it's I don't know it, it don't take like the
1: 1965 security yeah. detail from the rolling <laughs> stuff. Like, the, you know the hell's angels mixing in like uh- a <laughs> You know, in a post-Trump, yeah. uh, you know, pandemic post, uh, post-apocalyptic world. Like, you know, like, see, now you have the
0: fire festival, and and that goes to hell. Anyways. Oh yeah, <laughs> so, right.
1: Oh yeah. Great.
0: Did you see <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, it's fantastic. You, yeah. Great,
1: great, great documentary, documentary,
0: man. Great documentary. All right, Pat. So I'm a young concert goer. Give me some tips. I want you know how to get tickets, best seat in the house, what to do yeah. when I'm there. Give okay, here they are.
2: So. Uh... <laughs>
1: <laughs> you built these up i just say before we got that he was building these up man How i can't secrets, wait <laughs> so this is it man
2: for your viewers i started i set the Todd, i was like hesitant even to give. Yeah. you need not want to, to give them these, out yeah. I know. Just, come on because then I, I create competitors
0: right for this stuff but that's okay
2: here they are <laughs>
0: And we've got a huge following, Pat. I got
2: it, man. And Jeff, you know, Todd, you guys are are my friends, so I'll let you know my (laughs) my secrets. And here they are. Uh, So first thing is, and they might not be secrets. I don't know. Sign up for, uh, and here's, it's sort of dorky, but you know, um, uh, fan clubs. Like any of the fan clubs, I am a member of all of them. So like, I'm a Their secret number one, Pat. That's the key to everything, right? Uh, Well, it's it's it it is powerful for Metallica. It was. It depends how good the fan club is. You know, uh, I'm a legacy member of the Metallica fan club, which means I've been there a long, long time. So that's how I got access to uh, the Opera House and the Snake Pit. So it's a lottery. Mm -hmm. So I won both of those things, right? Um, you know, in other fan clubs you get, like for Iron Maiden, I get, you know, uh, pre-sale stuff or whatnot. So I'd say join all the fan clubs and also sign up for all the, the groups uh, on Facebook. Uh, there are so many groups. It's, and, you know, information is opportunity. And it all depends upon what you do with the, op- with the information uh, that makes a great, like, a great show for you. Uh, if you do nothing with it, well, then, you know, you, you've got to help yourself out there, right? I also say search over the internet for pre-sale codes. I sometimes find them there. Uh, invest in a solid uh, high-speed internet. <laughs> That's an absolute <laughs> because you want to beat everybody uh, to the line. That's why I have 5G. Uh, work your friends and your connections, uh, this one, for sure, everybody's got that guy, you know, who has a who has a box who, who like he, he, his work gives him a box, you know, for for concerts. And sometimes, you know, you're you're lucky enough either to buy tickets or he's a best buddy of yours and you're going to a show with him like that. Um, so always keep your eyes uh, peeled and your your ears open uh, or the other way around uh, for friends, colleagues that, um, uh, have connections, uh, one to five rows is the same experience. So one, you're going to pay 2000 for the ticket. Okay. Row two, you're going to look and you're going to wait until the price goes down to about 400. You're still going to pay a lot of money, but one to five rows, it's the same experience and it's awesome. So never, never jump into the first row. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, that's sound advice.
2: Save a bit of money. Save a bit of and, money there. And okay. uh, you know, it's uh, that was my my Foo Fighters uh, concert that I went to where Dave uh, had um, his throne, and I was right at the end of the catwalk where the yes. throne kept coming right up into my face, wow. and the people in front of me, these <laughs> these two young women or whatever. They So they didn't block my view rate, so it's your 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 first row you know so the second row doesn't make, and my tickets were not that expensive. I think I paid three hundred three hundred apiece for them, so yeah, yeah you got
1: worth it for it. that show
2: oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, uh what else um, on-
1: so what about the day of day of yeah. or let's say it's like festival seating or you know like you know, so I'd which, say what are some
2: tips there. <laughs> You got to be the wolf. Don't be the sheep. <laughs> 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 you probably know what I'm saying. Like, don't like the sheep all seem to go in. Like, let's say Eddie's playing guitar on one side of the stadium. And uh, it's it's uh, general admission. So everybody goes to that side. Right. But if you get in and you see there's an opportunity on the other side of the stage, Better to get to the front rail than, you know, uh, go 40 people, 50 people deep into that, into Eddie's side. You know, you're still going to have a great uh, show. And guess what? Eddie's going to walk around the whole whole place, uh, you know, uh, so you're going to see him. He's going to switch sides with the bassist and everything like that. So better to always, uh, you know, don't go where the big crowds are. But look for where you're going to go, uh, so that you can maximize your your sort of space at the concert.
1: Makes sense, man. You know, applies to going to a rock concert or you know, beating a natural catastrophe <laughs> like, like a burning building. Or something. Like, don't fall! Don't fall the crowds. <laughs> ignore, ignore signage yeah. things, you know don't go don't go to the top waiting for the helicopter to lift <laughs> or even or getting your drink yeah. on yeah. man
2: I've, I've gone so a big part of going to these parties right is to have a few beers or whatever so I'm I, I remember a number of times where I go to the Molson amphitheater and you know they have a, this giant beer line but you know if you go right in the front and you don't care to drink like you can drink wine you can get like this big big giant like mug of, <laughs> of wine that's shaped like a guitar and that's, that's the food for the night <laughs> so all these guys are waiting for beer right and it's huge line or whatever and you just go and you bypass it, right so i mean i'm not trying to game the system or 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 get like get it adva- well maybe i am trying to get advantage uh, over people but I mean that's it's fair, nobody else wants wine, they want beer, right? So it's kind of the same, just keep your eyes open and know where to go uh, The Killers concert uh, at um, a, a casino that I went to was the same thing I mean, they most people wanted to be right in front of the lead singer yet the guitarist, they, there was a whole empty section right at the front of the stage so I just walked right up to the front row and I'm like, why isn't anybody here? So, you know, just keep your eyes open.
1: good advice, man. Avoid the avoid, avoid the avoid the herd. Don't fall avoid the
0: road. herd and drink wine. Pro tips. <laughs> 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 All
1: right. So, wanna you know, people would never believe it just by like that that diatribe on you know on yeah. the the, the wine filled guitar there. But you you recently you know the, the segue off somewhere somewhere else. Oh yeah. Like, you usually yeah. signed up for an iron man so is this going to, so the training is pretty involved, right? A lot of volume. Is that going to curtail your, your constant activity? <laughs> never. Gonna what's gonna, <laughs> what's no?
2: curtailed it is COVID, right? Is, uh, is, so, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's, it's brutal that like all, I was supposed to go see Rage Against the Machine uh, this year and I hadn't seen them before. I saw Profits of Rage, but I hadn't seen Rage. Uh, so that uh, is a really big disappointment. Uh, you know, I was seeing Foo Fighters again, the van tour, that was totally cancelled. I had a number of concerts lined up. And uh, so, the only thing that I saw was a Metallica movie drive-in concert that was not live streamed, it was pre-recorded. And I love Metallica, but it's nah. <laughs> like, it's that is fake. No, no, no. Yeah,
1: that's not the same thing, man. So, so, what's harder to get uh, entry to a Metallica concert or <laughs> Iron Man? Trombone, yeah. Which was harder for you to, which was which was uh, harder again, for you to uh, Iron
2: for? Man Tromblon was just as hard to get uh, tickets to uh, than than a concert. But what I did was uh, I joined a Facebook group uh, that was Iron Man Tromlaw, and uh, the the site hadn't gone up yet to sell the tickets uh, to 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 do it. And yet there was this dude on the site, he's like, well, I got my pre-sale stuff here. All you have to do is click this link. And he was talking to somebody else. So I clicked in and lo and behold, it allowed me to buy entry. And then this this thing sold out in an hour.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. So when it went to the real, and I'm (laughs) not even
2: like, so, you know, uh, it pays to go into the group, right? and uh, and 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 you know they'll leave oh, yeah. links and pre-sale stuff and everything like that and then you're ahead of the the large crowd
1: yeah so your concert yeah. always carried yeah, over to the yeah, triathlon definitely. that's awesome
0: yeah yeah you know i'm super impressed that you're you're even doing an iron man anyone that does that really has as my utmost respect i know the training is just Thank otherworldly you. but i'm going back to you know i had a peloton i know you Purchased one, I don't know, a little over a year ago, I guess, and you've been on it nonstop. Obviously, we can see what each other's doing. Do you find the Peloton was a catalyst in getting you started towards the
2: Ironman? That's a great question. You know, (laughs) this is not a paper. (laughs) 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 It's true. I I shouldn't uh, be so complimentary to them because I, to tell you, like, I'm not getting any money for this, right? But I will tell you, you know, uh, absolutely like that is a great question and I'll tell you man you guys you know you guys are sporty guys like you know you you play football and everything me like I'm I was never really a, a sporty guy at all uh, and it just turned out like oh I just want to start uh, you know exercising uh, so my wife uh, my wife said there's this new thing called peloton it's got a bit of a game of gamification like there's a leaderboard and everything Mm -hmm. and i'm like how much is it and she told me and i was like whoa that is expensive man i'm like i don't i don't know about that so we go down and check it out and i i thought she really she really wanted it so i'm like okay fine i'll go we'll splurge for it we'll get this thing and everything and then we brought it home and like, like you said, Jeff, since I have got that thing, I really haven't stopped with it. And it has led me to complete half marathons, uh, marathons, and not not just the peloton, though, Uh, you know, Todd and I used to go running as well. And that also that was always motivation for me, I always think about my times with Todd when we go running and everything. So but the peloton just really just kept me on track with a plan. And especially, I think, you know, uh, Matt Wilpers, uh, oh, like fantastic. power zone training yep. and stuff like that. I, I was so yep. impressed with him that I have yep. uh, his head coach uh, training me uh, for this. And uh, yeah, no way. Barry, uh, who is
1: yeah, exceptional.
2: Cool. Wow. Uh, you know, so a little bit of a monthly fee. And uh, they give me a plan yep. on top of like all the Peloton stuff. So it's quite involved. Uh, it's pretty terrifying, I got to say. But I'm, if I'm not an athlete, I'm determined at least, <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, that's number one, Pat. Good for you. I, I'm Thank
0: really you impressed. Thank really. You, Yeah.
1: So we didn't touch on your business too much, but you're a chief operating officer, co-founder, I believe, of yeah. a Greenhouse Marketing Communications. Real sure, quick, sure. A plug, I Just have been
2: um, in seniors uh, housing industry uh, for, you know, 25 years or so. Uh, and I started out in Victoria and my boss at the time was Heather Green. Um, and, uh, we worked together then, uh, and had a fabulous time. Uh, years later, we would work together at Rivera, uh, where she was my boss again. Uh, and I was, uh, the, the, uh, VP of marketing and sales. I, um, both of us ended up leaving Rivera And then Heather asked me if uh, I wanted to start some projects with her. Uh, So I did. And all of a sudden, you know, where we kind of incorporated and all of a sudden I realized, you know, I'm an entrepreneur now. I just kind of fell into this. Right. And uh, we so we do marketing and sales for retirement residences and uh, a little bit with long term care uh, and uh, home health, all for seniors. Uh, So we help operators like Riviera, Amica, um, uh, Chartwell, uh, all the various, you know, uh, retirement residences um, uh, we've assisted to some degree, um, you know, help improve their census and their customer service and all that type of thing through training and market research and advertising and design. And uh, sometimes even I have my salespeople lease up a building. So. Uh, it's been, it's been an amazing, we've been open now for about 10 years or so. It's been incredible. Yeah.
1: Thank Fantastic, yeah. man. No, a huge yeah. accomplishment, yeah. buddy. Proud of you. Um, how's um, a lot of, obviously, a lot of industries have been affected by COVID, both in the States and here in Canada. How's it has it affected your business at all? At all? And if so, how yeah. do did, did you uh, You know well?
2: what? That's a good question too. I think, you know, from an industry standpoint, You know, it definitely has in congregate living, uh, you know, it's it's affected um, uh, long term care residences for sure. Um, And but, you know, it typically, though, our residences have amazing uh, infection control practices and where there's outbreaks, they've really handled them well uh, for the most part in terms of how it affects my business. So I help the properties lease up. Right. So I would put Mm -hmm. salespeople in or I'd have you know, mystery shoppers go in to evaluate how they're they're doing in terms of their sales process and stuff like that. So obviously, like that part of my business is gone, like for now, anyways, right. (laughs) So, you know, so I'd say uh, that's, you know, if that was maybe half of my business or so, it really did drop off. Um, How we stayed afloat uh, from that standpoint, and how I've been able to you know, keep people employed and stuff has been through, uh, you know, quite frankly, the Trudeau government uh, with um, their um, their SUSE package, which is uh, the uh, subsidization of payroll. You know, they paid, you know, seventy-five percent of my payroll, yeah. right? So I'm able to keep these people employed. I, I I pick up Heather and I pick up out of our pocket, right, twenty-five percent, but so it's a good chunk when you don't really have as much income coming in. But you know, kudos to our Canadian government for saving small businesses like mine.
1: Yeah, they were pretty quick to get. I mean, you know, you could people could knock it here or there, but I oh, think the huge. response time was pretty quick. Huge. Right? and okay, there's so. other stuff
2: too that they yeah. they have loans where uh, some some of the loan, if it's paid back by a certain time, is forgivable. Uh, there was a hundred thousand dollar loan uh, that was available through uh, Canadian. Um, uh, is the entrepreneurship, uh, something or other. Uh, so, I mean, there's there's plenty of stuff that's out there uh, for the small business person. Uh, again, you just have to look at the opportunities and and take them. And I feel like it's slowly coming back too. Like there's not a day goes by that I'm not writing a proposal
1: for somebody. Yeah. yeah. So for both Peloton and Liberal Party <laughs> Canada, we don't have sponsors yet for this podcast, <laughs> but uh...
0: <laughs> well, well on yeah, our way. <laughs> good stuff. All right. Well, before we before we end this thing, let's let's go back to a time when both of you worked oh, yeah. at a funeral home. Can can either one of you or both of you share some good stories about funeral home uh adventures?
1: I mean, man, I would just say like uh it is a tough business and I think probably 99% of the families we we probably served very well. <laughs> But probably Patrick can condense this yeah. as well. Yeah. Stuff happens, man. Like just human error and like things like things yeah. go awry. Like like in any business, right? And uh, so, uh, if we were to tell any stories, they're certainly not representative of probably the the, yeah. the general service that was provided. And uh, hey, we gotta some, be careful not to mention stories, business or know, names Pat. of people. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, <laughs> yeah, no names.
1: So we got one guy who, who Pat and I know very well, pretty well. So uh, I still talked to him today. Yeah. So he, one time, New Year's Day, like he'd stayed out New Year's Eve and he was just bagged, right? But the next day he was supposed to take a funeral procession, like a family, and drive the hearse, like with the, the casket out, to a burial in the Eastern Townships. Like was like two hours outside of Montreal. So he didn't sleep at all. Like he's probably been up like 36 hours or whatever. And he's alone in the hearse leading the cortege of cars going out to the Eastern Townships. And – uh you know, apparently he'd been falling asleep and, like, kind of wavering, like, you know, across the median back and forth for, like, kilometers on the highway. Went completely right off the road, man, to the point, like, the back of the hearse was like a, like a missile launch, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like a missile launch pad, right? And <laughs> to wait for the towing to come get him, whatever, like, said the longest wait of his life, you know? It's the family just kind of burning oh holes through his forehead, God. just staring at him in the heat, like, you know? but uh, That's right, a hard but, one to beat, when Everybody that's came back. back.
2: <laughs> And you and I have warned him about it too. We said, don't go out. And yeah, he, said, like, he said to to, to me, like,
1: It's double time. It's, it's this. because it's we paid double money, time and a half.
2: And he said that the grandson looked, had red hair, so it's like me. And he's furious. And he's like, he's, 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 and he's screaming at me. He goes, Pat, I felt like it was you who was screaming at me. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> oh yeah I um, one more Pat? Oh, there's. A, more, there's a, I don't know if or they're one. as long or, or whatnot, but I mean, like, like you said, Todd, I, and I have to cap, put the caveat on this like ninety nine percent of the guys that work work straight up, and it's a business where uh, you know we get a lot of pride and respect uh, for for the families and we want to take care of them, uh, but sometimes just like you just shake your head. So I think I'm directing a funeral at one of the churches. And I specifically told this one guy who is always like their union, right? Their team. Starters. So I'm like, <laughs> do not go for lunch. This one is going to be quick, right? We're going to go into the church and then we're going to come out with a family and everything. Right. So I'm there, I'm looking at I'm like, where are the guys?" and it's like 20, it's not like, you know, an hour uh, service. It's like 20 minutes. I'm like, where are the guys? Where are the guys? everything. So now the casket starts coming down, and the family is bringing it, and if we get to the door and there's no pallbearers, like, well, this is part of the service, right? But I'm standing there, like, looking, and the casket is there. And so I look, and I think to myself, you know what? These, they're big guys who are here. They're strong, right? So I, like, I direct them as if anything, everything is normal, and they carry the casket out. And as we're coming down, I see all the pallbearers running, to, to try it, and I'm like, back off! Like, do not. Anyway, what, what happened to these idiots? <laughs> they left. They didn't listen to me, and they went to Subway for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't know, you yeah, report this that though? In this, but the guys were Teamsters, man. And that, that was a tough union. Teamsters, to man. You know, oh. right? Too bad, man. So, too bad.
1: Yeah. 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 Pretty crazy. That's the I think we're gonna have to do a separate podcast, man. Just like everything, man. Like from doing removals to the whole bit, man. I, yeah, we have to, I think that's a good idea, that.
2: Although, like, we we really have to be careful not to name names.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lawsuit. Yeah. We don't. No litigation. We don't want any yeah. post post litigation. Twenty years later, whatever. But uh, anyway. All right, man. Hey, Pat, this has you, been good, man. This is one of our better podcasts, I think, man. Very, very. Hey, very it's, awesome. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome
2: to catch up with you guys. And I have to say too. Like I love your your logo, uh, for your podcast, the Baron Thrive Roses, But I have to say that's the yep. only time in my life that I've ever seen it fully lit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> It's kind of. It looks like it's ripped out of like an old 1970s seventy Spider-Man <laughs> comic. Like if Spider-Man were to come to Montreal, like you know, it looks kind of like that Steve Ditko like weird. It's always a letter that. missing,
2: yeah, though, but on on your uh, logo it isn't, so yeah. it looks great, yeah. man. Yeah, we appreciate cool.
0: it. I'm glad you came on, Pat. This was great. I wish you hey, a fine time. Family the best, I really buddy. appreciate it, guys. Yeah. All right, cheers. All right, bonne